Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys, welcome back to the Agent Investor podcast. I've got a very, very special guest today. Um, I talked about, you know, a few episodes ago that I'm going to be mixing different format into the Agent Investor podcast. One thing that I'm changing is that I'm going to be doing some solo shows. But another thing that I wanted to add in is getting some of my own crew on the Agent Investor podcast, people that work at our brokerage or people that are in you know our local area. And I've got a guy on here, although he's uh, California dreaming, he is at my brokerage in, in greater Boston. Steve Kenny, welcome to the, uh, the podcast. What's going on, Tom? Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm honored to be on your podcast. I feel like a, I feel like a celebrity like you. Yeah, you. Uh, it's like you made it. You made it if you get onto the Asian Investor Podcast. So exactly, um, that's how I feel. Thank you for hopping on. So, um, so let's kind of go back in time. Like I said, you were California dreaming. You were in California trying to be a big star before uh, getting into real estate, right? I was. I was in California. I was working in reality TV for some big names. Uh, it was great experience. The pay wasn't as great, but I was having a good time out there. Now, what drew you back to Boston? Like a bigger star like me or like what? How did that work? Basically you. Yeah. So what happened was one of my best friends, Ian, he, uh, he had his real estate license for a while and he didn't really do anything with it. And it was basically his first deal. He got a huge break. He sold a building in the North End for like over $3 million and he double ended it. And he made a lot of money in one transaction. And I remember him telling me about it. And he was like, you got to move back. You got to do real estate with me. I'm going to open up a brokerage and we'll make so much money. So me being out in California, like basically getting minimum wage and seeing him make a big six figure payout on one deal. I was like, wow, this seems easy. I'm going to go back to Boston and get my real estate license. Now, that's did, what you, I did. did you work under him? I Maybe I missed that part of your story. Um, did you work under him for a while? I did for only about like three or four months when I first, first started. I was strictly a rental agent. Yep. And you were so a rental was, agent for how long? Um, I was a rental agent for about a year and a half, like strictly. I was doing so well with rentals that I, I honestly didn't even want to do sales. It was just, it was very profitable what I was doing. I had my own strategy in the city. It wasn't your typical rentals. It was, um, so it was basically all the new big building apartment buildings, you know, two, 300 units all over Boston that were being put up about mm -hmm. seven eight years ago, they were paying full broker fees. So I was advertising for them mm -hmm. and they were paying me full fees. And these places were like three, four grand a pop. Yeah. And they were easy to rent because they were giving out so many good deals, you know, two months free, no broker fee. 
So I was capitalizing on those and I, and I made a killing on strictly those type of rentals. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it's, it's a weird thing. Like a lot of people look down on rentals and I, I never understood it because somebody will list a house for $200,000, make the same commission as they were going to make on a rental. The rental is probably easier to do and easier to like get obtained kind of as a client. But for some reason, there's like a stigma, at least where, you know, in greater Boston of like doing rentals. Oh, like you have to graduate to sales. And I, I just always thought it was, you know, so crazy. And a lot of times people that are doing rentals, they're making six figures and they go into sales and they, they make way less. So it's just one of these weird things. But um, so you, you still do some rentals, but I know that's obviously not the focus of your business now. At, at any point, like, so, you know, you obviously, you know, were in, were you in Hollywood specifically? I was in Hollywood when I first moved out there. Then okay. I lived there for about two years and then moved out to the Valley. Okay. So you were in Hollywood and then you came back to Boston. You were doing rentals at any point, like at, at this stage of your life, did you ever think investing or was that not even on the table at that point? Never even thought about it when I first started. Okay. You know, originally, like probably like most people, I was like, you know, I'm going to work hard and, and buy a house. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't anything like, oh, I want to buy a multifamily or, or a short-term rental or anything like that. Um, but it wasn't, as I got deeper into real estate, I met more people that were way more successful that had multifamilies and things like that. So that's kind of what sparked my whole investment run. Yeah. And so the, the first part was the first property you bought, the one that you live in now, like the, the two family. Yeah. So we bought a two family in Woburn in 2016. Uh, which was expensive at the time. And it's funny, it needed a lot of work. And uh, my wife's father convinced, like tried to convince us not to buy it because it needed a lot of work. It, I mean, it was listed at 495 for a two family in Woburn, almost on a half acre, which doesn't even exist anymore. Yep. And we paid, we paid over asking, but like the location was perfect and everything. And I just knew that it would be a good investment because if I fix it up just a little bit, I could I could get almost my whole mortgage paid. Yeah, it's so funny because like it's always the dads that are trying to kill deals, and um, you know, it's it's just it's such a common thing. I hope I don't do it with any of my kids, but I probably will. But it's like you know, in so many cases, like the dad isn't shopping for real estate at that time. So they don't even know what's out there, what's a good deal, what's not. So they just come into something. And then a lot of times, like they haven't bought a house in like 20 years or more. And they're looking at your price and being like, oh my God, like this is just, you know, insane. When in reality, you know, it's just, that's what prices are at now. And like you said, I mean, that's now six years ago and you can't buy a two, like Woburn's a nice town you can't buy a two family anywhere in greater Boston, no matter how, you know, you know, undesirable the area is for that amount. And I know me and you talked about this before, but, you know, buying, buying a multi to live in is, is definitely one of the best first steps that you can take. What were you kind of like cash out of pocket after the tenant paid you like in the beginning? And then what is that now? 
as far as rents? Well, well, no. So like, obviously you had a monthly mortgage payment that was, you know, whatever it was. And then the tenant paid you something. How much did you end up having to contribute every, every month after the tenant paid you in the beginning? In the beginning, we, uh, me and my wife, Erica, we each paid 500. So wow. Look yeah, at the more, so yeah, the, it's crazy. The mortgage crazy. was 3000. My tenant was paying 2000 and we were each paying 500 towards the wow, mortgage. Wow. That's great. So like, so I was thinking that you were going to tell me something where it was like kind of bad in the beginning and got a lot better, but $500 per month. I mean, again, you couldn't have rented even back then for even close to that. And then what do the numbers look like now? Or how much are they paying you now? Are they paying more than 2000? Yeah. So they're paying more than 2000 and we're basically living for free. We pay a little bit per month, Yeah, but it's, but, but, but we refied um, when the rates were in the twos. So our payment actually went down initially. So we, so I initially put 5% down on the two family and we didn't have PMI. We got the PMI built into our payment. Mm -hmm. And when the rates dropped into the twos, we refied. So the, our payment went down significantly. Yeah. And that, and so like, it's so interesting because like just that alone, it's just such a simple thing. You know, and a lot of people like they don't want to live in a multifamily or they think prices are too high or, whatever the case is, the house needed too much work. And you now, I mean, whatever, whatever the payment that you make is in a few years, the rent is going to go up. And at some point you're going to be getting paid to own that property with you still living for free. The difference between that and just somebody who has that, you know, you had a three, $3,000 a month payment. you still have about a $3,000 a month payment. You're zero. You, you're you're $3,000 a month that you don't have to make every month. So you're basically living, your financial picture is no, is no different than if you were like living at home with your parents and you owning asset. I know you have a nice house. You know, I've seen it. Um, well, actually the uh, the best part of the house is the, uh, what you did with the garage, but um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. Favorite. That was it. That was uh, very exciting to see, but but so you're living for free. So that's just a huge one thing. And then, so after you did that kind of like, where did you kind of go from there? So I got, I, you know, we got the bug. We we're actually, we were looking for a while for another multifamily. Yep. Then um, we kind of, we started traveling a lot. We started staying in Airbnbs and short-term rentals and, I started kind of doing my research on that. And then I was like, well, why don't we, why don't we buy a short-term rental instead of another multi, instead of, you know, living in one multi or buying, having one multi and moving to another, cause we didn't want to buy a single family. So we, so I really started getting into short-term rentals and then we decided to buy one of those for our next purchase. And then it just really took off where we were like, we want to shift from buying multifamilies to buying short-term rentals. Yeah. And so like, you know, another scenario where, what was it? Was it two years ago that you put the property under contract? Like it was around two years ago, right? It was the very end of 2020. Okay. So not even two years ago. Cause I remember when we were standing outside the office and you told me about it, maybe you just had it under contract or something, but it was again, another time where 
people were saying prices are too high. It's crazy to buy now. Like prices are going to come down and you did it. You took the step forward. You did it. You renovated it. You did a big renovation to it. And um, how has that been working out for you so far? So it's been, it's been great. Um, yeah, we did a big renovation. We bought the place because it's in Conway, which is a destination in New Hampshire that I've been going my whole life. And it has everything there, four seasons. But this place in particular was on the Saco River. So it was a unique property. You know, I've never even been to a house on a river and we just really liked it. Like it, the, the amount of work probably scared a lot of people away, mm -hmm. even though there were multiple offers. But we were kind of, um, we were, were up for the challenge and we were super fortunate because we, we had got a lot of equity in our two family. So mm -hmm. we paid out of pocket for a lot of the work, but the remainder of the construction up north, we pulled a, um, a HELOC home equity line of credit from Woburn. And so we could make New Hampshire house as perfect as we wanted to. And it, and it came out really great. Yeah. And this is the other thing, like, you know, almost every person that I ever talked to that ever starts investing, they're like, I can't invest because I have no money. And, you know, two simple moves that you made, right? You bought a property to live in, right? And rent out. You probably put, did you do like a three and a half percent FHA, like low down payment type of deal? We, we actually didn't, we put down, we did um, 20%. All right. Well, you're um, ruining you're ruining my story now, Steve. You put down three and a half percent. You put down minimum. Down 3 yeah. So either way, though, you, you bought something. You know, with regardless, right? Even if you put did put three and a half percent down, you would have had enough equity to pull a HELOC because I know the value of that property was at least up like a hundred thousand, or probably more like two hundred thousand. Um, so by buying a property that you live in that you were only paying $500 a month, you had the ability to then put, pull a HELOC to then do another investment deal. And then, so you put, I know you put a ton of work into the place in, um, on Saco River. And then when you were done with that, did you also refi that out? Like, what did you, what did you do with that? So we were going to refi that out, but our monthly payment up there, is so low. We got such a good deal and such a good rate that we were like, you know what? We're going to keep that payment and keep that rate because we will probably never have to refi. And we'll eat. And our plan was to make, to charge around $500 a night. Cause that's what I, what I calmed out at. So we, our plan is to take the money that we're making from our Airbnb, take the Airbnb money and roll that into something else. Yeah. So, but we, but at this point too, we're thinking like maybe we should take another HELOC out of it too, because I mean, that property has already gone up a couple hundred thousand. Hey everyone, this is Tom Caffarella. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast to number one, thank all of my loyal listeners of the Agent Investor Podcast and tell you guys really quickly about an exciting event we have coming up. Uh, it's a two-day event. It's called the Passive Income Real Estate Investor Event um, that you can find out more details at PassiveIncomeEvent.com. We're going to be doing a two-day training session teaching all of the agents and all of the investors at the event 
on how to achieve financial freedom through real estate. If you're like me and your goal is to not work 80, 100 hours a week grinding, selling real estate, flipping homes, um, definitely check out this event. We're going to teach you how to build a passive income portfolio so that you can retire, so that you can work when you want, how you want, and ultimately achieve financial freedom. So again, go to PassiveIncomeEvent.com for more details. And we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming event. Yeah, it's, it's a tough thing because like, you know, we're taught to have no debt to keep our payments as low as possible. So you kind of always have to make a choice. It's like, am I going to like expand more and take a little bit more like leveraging a little bit more risk? Or am I going to like play it safer, have more of a guarantee, but obviously grow slower, right? So um, there's no right answer to it. And there's people that only pay cash for houses. There's people that have no debt, no leverage. But, um, you know, you'll never be able to get money as cheap as like a home equity line. Um, and if you want to move faster, that's probably the, the quickest way to get there. But again, this all goes back to everything's like a domino because you started out making the right decision to live in a two family, which some people wouldn't do. They turn their nose up at, I only want to live in a single family. You bought at the right time. You were able to pull equity out. Now you buy another property, put a ton of money into that make that nice. Now on that property, um, just roughly, like, what do you think you'll, you'll net per year? So we started in October. So actually we're coming up on our first year and, um, we did the math and we'll net. You mean Erica did the math. Erica did the math. I can't do math. So, uh, we'll net which is crazy because we're at like 80 something percent occupancy. So we'll net about $80,000 our first year at Airbnb. You're going to net after all expenses. Yeah. So this, this is like, you know, this really is a great case study because you only did two things. You only did two things. And right now you're in a position where, you have basically an $80,000 a year salary, which some people you know, don't ever even make. You're living for free. So you're, you're basically at this point financially free from two new two moves. Now, again, of course, like $80,000 you know, for, for a Hollywood guy might not be enough. Might, might be enough for, for just a poor, poor little Revere guy like me. But, <laughs> but those are just two two moves right so obviously you know you're not gonna you're not gonna stop at this point so what what's kind of the plan yeah no it is crazy how owning only two two properties two different types of investment properties like set us on this path to financial freedom but the thing is i'm like you like i want to grow exponentially and not stop like once you get a taste of passive income it's like a drug that you can't put down. It's like, yeah. you're like, why haven't I done this forever? Why, why doesn't everyone do this? And that's why I'm a big advocate of telling people buy an investment property for their first property or buying a, a short-term rental and all that. I mean, so the plan now, like I said, we were trying to, we, we were going to try to buy just as many multi, you know, three and four families as possible, but 
with these vacation rentals that are year one making us a crazy amount of money if you do it right we're we're focusing on strictly short-term rentals we travel a lot too so it's like i tell people buy a place where you want to visit all the time because when it's not rented we go up there and we and we have a blast up there it's that that's the best part you know we're getting we have a place that's getting fully paid for by renters and then we can go up and enjoy it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like, you know, Jamie at our office, like his dad picked some really cool spots to, to, to oh have. Yeah. And it's like uh, my best friend growing up, he's got two places in the Cape. He's got uh, two places in Hawaii and uh, yep. a place in Cape Coral, Florida. And it's just like, you know, the collection of assets that he has and he did it like, it's funny. He did it even less for investment than you did. Um, he just had happened to um, get pretty lucky and get some uh, stock options for a company that sold for a lot more than they thought they were going to. And he was just like, oh, I'd love to have a place here. I'd love to have a place there. He did think, oh, I'm going to rent them too. But, you know, he's almost doubled his equity on on most of those properties and they weren't cheap to begin with. So, his net worth just from doing that stuff is like one and a half to two times, um, you know, when he started. So that's the other thing, you know, that sometimes people don't think about, you know, just like, you know, you and and everybody, like we all think cash flow first, because obviously we need cash flow to live and it has to cash flow for us to own it. But then the appreciation is is huge too. Um, so yeah, and 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 I think like we always talk to people about like different investing strategies and it's hard in the beginning. Cause you don't really know what your personality is like fit for, but um, it's why I've never like personally done vacation rentals. Cause like, I don't, it's, it's uh, like, even though I think that they'd be cool to own, like it, it it's not as attractive to me personally, but then somebody like you, like I told you this through a uh, voice message the other day, it's like, the perfect thing for your personality and also like for you as an agent to be helping people do this because you're like the the poster child of like hey like you know you're always like having a good time having fun like which um i think i have a personality disorder i just can't do that but um <laughs> but it, like it, it's like everything you know it's like you're like an Instagram, like celebrity with all the stuff that you're doing. And it's like, you're always doing fun stuff, cool stuff. And like, I'm excited to see like where you're going to buy next. I'm sure you have a destination in your head. So I'm going to ask you if you know where, where that's going to be. So our, our next move, what I've been really looking up is up in Vermont. Yep. In either Killington area or Stowe, because in the winter you can make enough money up there just in the snow season that covers your whole year and then some and it's still pretty busy in the summer as well they do a lot of events up there but short-term goal is um is more up north vermont i love we just love new hampshire as well i would do more up there but long term is hawaii like your buddy yeah uh, i think hawaii makes it perfect people love going there it is far but thing with with airbnb is it's so user friendly it's so easy to manage and i do it all on my own 
and I do it on my phone. I mean, it's honestly, if I told you it was like five to 10 minutes a day, and if you do it right, and if you set everything up right, you really don't, it's not a lot of upkeep. So, so like you said, it is, it is perfect for me because yeah. like once I got a taste of passive income, I was like, this is amazing. I can make money while I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the goal now. It's like still be an agent, work my ass off and sell houses to fund my yeah. invest portfolio of short-term rentals and things like that, other, other homes so I can have free time and do whatever I want, maybe make a podcast and try to rival yours, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, that'll never happen, but um, <laughs> you, can, you, can have a, you, can, you can have a podcast. I don't know about rivaling you, um, but yeah, you know, so it's interesting, like my, my friend who has the place in, in uh, Hawaii, he gets 30 grand a month during like the best season. And I'm like, this is just crazy. It's crazy. But, um, you know, he explained it to me and it kind of makes sense. It's like if you were to get a hotel there and stay for people for some reason. Well, I guess it makes sense. People, when they go to Hawaii, it's a big ordeal to get there. So it's like, you know, you don't want to you don't want to leave like five or six days later. So they're doing like the monthly rentals. And I think he told me I think he told me in Hawaii that it may even be mandatory to do monthly um, they may not allow for weekly anymore, or at least like the island that he's on. But um, so you want to go to Vermont. So like, what's the, like, are you actively looking right now? Or are you like trying to figure out like, how am I going to get the down payment? Like, how, like, what stage are you at with that? No, I'm actively looking. We've been saving. We haven't, we've barely spent any of the money that we made from Airbnb. It goes into a separate account and that's going to be our down payment for the next one yep okay so yeah i've been scouring the internet for good deals um i'm 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 a big fan like the our place in new hampshire is a single family i'm a huge fan of single families just because with condos it's easier to restrict rentals like that yeah condo fees with neighbors i mean if i'm going up north i want somewhere with some privacy in the woods close to everything so that's what we're looking. We're looking for a good deal on a single family up there. And uh, we've even considered buying something bigger and taking on a partner or two, which people don't realize how easy that is to do. Like if you can't afford a million dollar place, I'm sure you can get two friends or family members to go throw down on a mortgage. And, you know, one of one of the people can run it. And that's how you can afford the bigger places. Cause I know some of these places up in Vermont during peak weekends and things like that at Killington and Stowe, you know, they're going for three grand a night, sleep, say 10 people, two night minimum. I mean, that's six grand in two nights. Like how are you going to make that on it? You know, on a long-term rental, it's just, if if you do it right and you, you, you pick the right location you're going to make money on it no matter what. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just different businesses, even though they seem like they're really similar, they're different. And, um, you know, uh, we're actually at our two day event. You probably, they probably haven't even asked you to do this yet, but we were talking about this uh, yesterday. We want to do like a panel that short-term rentals versus apartment versus a uh, uh, multifamily and get like a group of like three or four agents that are like, 
short-term rentals and make the argument for short-term rentals and then a bunch of people that are more like the the longer term and um yeah. there's there's definitely pros and cons to like each and um you know it's just i i think more than anything else it's like you got to pick what excites you and what works for you and then just kind of get as good at at it as you can um Absolutely. so um what's the what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give cuz a lot of agents, you know, they know that they should invest, but they don't for whatever reason. What's the biggest piece of advice you could give to somebody who hasn't invested yet, but they know they should? My biggest piece of advice for people that haven't invested or haven't even bought a house yet is for your first house, buy an investment property. Like I tell everyone that a lot of people approach me about my two family for details about it, about my short-term rental. And like everyone wants that nice single family home to live, to have your home base, to raise your family. But financially, if you want to set yourself up, your first purchase should be an investment property of any kind, a multifamily, a short-term rental, but definitely an investment. You'll set, you just set yourself up for life. You set yourself up for passive income. And once you get that itch, it's it's all over from there. You'll you'll buy more investments and you'll realize how much better it is not having to depend on your job where you can yeah. fall back on your investments. Yeah, and that's what you just said is actually um up there for the list of like mistakes that I've made. And I've I've done a good amount of stuff on the investment side of the business and had some good success. But one thing I do regret, and it was something that me and Diana weren't on the same page about, was I wanted to buy a two-family, and she wanted to buy a condo. And unfortunately, she won. And so how that kind of played out for us, we bought a condo in 2008. I think we paid two sixty-five, dollars And we recently sold it a few years ago for three thirty. dollars So... Nice, healthy profit, $50,000 or something like that. Nothing okay. to really, nothing really to complain about. Uh, however, the two family that we bought that we were thinking about buying, or I was thinking about buying, she wasn't thinking about buying it at all, but I was thinking about it was three fifty, dollars and that's probably worth like seven fifty today. It's a that's huge, crazy. it's a huge difference, right? And I probably would still own that. And right now I'd be cash flowing like a good amount of money. So like it's it's all obviously there's no one blueprint or roadmap that everyone needs to follow, but it's like there are like every small decision can have a big impact on what you're doing. And so um, and you're still living, like you're still living basically at zero payment, and I'm not, right? So you've got me beat there. So I have to, I mean, it's 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 the reality, right? I have to have more cash flowing assets than you to be able to to you know fit the bill on my lifestyle. So, but it's all personal preference and, um, you know, exactly. you're still, I mean, you've got it down with the long-term rentals. Like, yeah, you guys absolutely crushed that whole sector. So that's what you're good at. That's what I would keep doing. You don't need that short-term rental. I mean, you're doing these big development projects that are super passive and the cash flow is great. So, I mean, I would absolutely stick with that. Yeah, no, I'm not complaining, but you know, I always look and say, "Hey, how could you do something better?" And there's always ways to kind of do something better. But um, that's why, like, I can't, I can't relax because I see guys like you 
floating around in your your Saco River, going down it, having fun, and just thinking, "Damn, he beat me. He had, he bought that two families living for free." Hey, your uh, lake house is 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 very impressive, and I better get the invite soon because yeah. it seems like you have a lot of parties up there. Too much fun. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing that's slowing me down, and it's a good thing, is the kids. So. That uh that for automatically forces me to, to sit back and take some time off. But um this all is right, great. Steve, I do, I know. So I know I appreciate you you coming on. Um we went a little bit over. I could keep talking to you probably all day long, but um we try to keep the episodes to like 30, 35 minutes. So I want to thank you for jumping on and sharing. And um, you know, we'll get this episode released in hopefully the next couple of weeks. And uh I'll talk to you soon at some point in the office. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.